You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Each week, we encourage and equip moms for this worthy journey of motherhood. I'm Val Harrison, mom to seven and wife to rich for 28 years. We have three married children, two college students, a high schooler, a sixth grader, and two adorable grandsons. That all means the Lord definitely gets an earful of prayers every day from this mama regarding Team Harrison. It also means on this podcast, we talk about all ages and stages of motherhood. Mom, can I walk your journey with you a little each week? I'm going to share practical solutions, encouragement, and sometimes I'm going to tell you the hard things to motivate you to change, but it's all because I love you and I want victory for your family. Let's get started with more intentional right now. Because sometimes she just escalates and gets louder and louder. Um, So I don't know. It's just one of those situations that I feel like sometimes I want to address in a respectful, gentle parenting type of way. But I also don't want to dismiss if she's being disrespectful or just allow those kinds of behaviors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Today on episode 72, we wrap up the third part of a conversation between Val and her guest, Tiffany Deschner, an intentional mom of three who is also on Val's Practically Speaking Mom leadership team. They began in episode 70 when they spoke about leaning into our difficult times instead of resisting them. They also talked about learning to respond rather than react and the importance of connecting with other intentional moms. Here's a small piece of part one in episode 70. I did get to get out with my girls and I joined a mops group and it was like a turning point in my motherhood to realize that what I was feeling was normal. You know, kids are not perfect. I'm not perfect. And I think it's so important for moms to connect with other moms, especially in those little stages when you're just trying to figure it out and you don't know what's going on and you need the support of other moms to to say, oh yeah, my kids are doing that too. No, you're not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this, is, this is this is motherhood and um, it can be overwhelming and it can be isolating and it can be frustrating and to acknowledge the hard parts that aren't on the social media newsfeed. Yeah. And you know, you look on that and it's hard to not fall trapped to, they're making it look easy. Then in part two, you heard Val giving Tiffany details about a 5- to 15-minute daily plan for taking your child from clingy to independent play, followed by lots of Tiffany's simple ways for a busy mom to bring more nutrition to the family table. Here's a clip from the second part of their discussion, episode 71. You know, kids need to experience that they've got to do this thing exactly the way mom says, and then they've got other things where they can have freedom of choice all different levels of detailed living. And this is just one little way to do that with a toddler or a little bit younger than a toddler. When I taught blanket time, I would give three toys or books and you don't want something that's too noisy because this is usually a setting like you could use it as a, at a doctor's office or you could use it in church you know, different settings where you need quiet because there's going to be other people around. Today, in episode 72, part three with Val and Tiffany, they finish their conversation by learning to be a patient standard bearer rather than being a standard quitter or a standard brute. Let's listen. 
So one challenge that I've had with my older two girls is um, that I have one super sensitive kiddo who gets her feelings hurt easily and takes everything personal. And then a high spirited kiddo who has to have everything a certain way all of the time. But you don't know if her new sparkly light up shoes are going to fit her well, or if they're going to be too loose, or if they're going to be too small for one one minute to the next. So she kind of keeps us on our toes. But one thing I've been working on and working through and not really sure if I'm doing it correctly is making space for and validating those big feelings that they're having, um, whether it's extremely emotional or frustration without compromising respect and boundaries and expectations in the process of working through them. That's an awesome question because I think it's such a common question of what moms are going through right now. And I already know what a fantastic mom you are at looking at the deep aspects of all of these things and recognizing that this is a process So there's no answer that tomorrow can be implemented and then it's not an issue anymore. It's more like our goals are that we're helping them understand themselves better so that they are better equipped to deal with their life. So that process means that it starts out as you, you're kind of standing in the gap right now as how they should handle themselves in the future. You handle them that way now. If a mom were to do nothing about these, you know, strong emotions in their kids, then I've literally seen adults who completely cannot handle things the way that they should be able to. So let's just look at the one that is more particular, you know, shoes feel too tight and too loose and, you know, feels everything. The earliest that you can help her understand that she is that kind of person And then you can start working with her from the aspect of, I know you feel this way. So what would be a good way to deal with this in a way that you're still a blessing to everyone around you? So that means, do I need to put on an extra pair of socks? Or do I need to go change shoes? Or do I need to tell myself, these are going to be uncomfortable for the next hour until we get back home. And I am going to overcome the way that I feel about it. It's okay to feel that way, but it's important to still be a blessing to those around you while you feel that way. Just verbalizing that this is the standard we're working towards. So it doesn't mean that they're going to hit that standard every day. It doesn't mean that you're going to get upset that they're not hitting that standard, but you are giving them a mental framework for understanding themselves and how to react to situations based on who they are. Partly, it is knowing that I have a set of principles. One principle is I'm teaching them to be a blessing to those that God brought into their lives that day. So if I have one that is reacting big, then I'm going to talk about that from the framework of, do you see how the way you're being right now might be uh, being unpleasant, that it might be unpleasant for other people, what they're hearing from you right now? we are a blessing. So we're going to do things that are a blessing and that's simply not. So let's figure out, you know, another way to handle that. Now, obviously when they're in kindergarten, there's not a lot of conversation, you know, conversations can last 30 seconds from you on, 
on your perspective. So it may take a little while before this really becomes ingrained in them. And where your second grader, she's much better at an age to be able to handle the concept of, you know, that this is something I'm working on to overcome, both for my own life's sake and for all those people around me. But I, even a kindergartner is capable of that concept. I have a grandson that's turning four, and I'm certainly already able to have conversations with him from that reference point or from that perspective, which I'll bet that you're already doing those things. Is there a specific example in all of that that you want to maybe give me? Well, the shoes are on my mind because, well, that was this morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, The other day they were going for a walk and we went through three different pairs of shoes only to put on the very first pair that she had put on. But then this morning she put on her shoes and she was like, these shoes just don't work for me. We're going to need to give them away. Well, I just bought them like a week. She would just, we've only had them a week. (laughs) And so I said, okay, let's just leave them on for now. Cause a lot of times she'll forget that she doesn't like them or how they feel. And I said, let's just leave them on for now. If you want to change them after breakfast and we can change them after breakfast. And so she ate breakfast and then she let me know her shoes are fine for now, but she's changing them when she gets home. And I said, okay, so that was, that was productive. I mean, the other yeah. night she was getting ready to lose her opportunity to go for a walk if she didn't settle on something. So, I mean, there have been nuggets Cause a lot of times I'll sit there and I'll acknowledge your feelings. I know you're feeling frustrated because this happened, but sometimes it feels like I'm on a hamster wheel of acknowledging it. And then she repeats it and then I acknowledge it and she repeats it. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to discuss this anymore with you because we're not getting anywhere. So depending on how she's acting, I might enact the timer if she's throwing a big fit or I'll say, I'm going to give you a little time. And when you're done, you can come talk to me and we can talk about it, but I'm not going to continue saying the same thing over and over with you. But I don't always know if that's the correct way to handle it either. Or I might just sit and rub her back and help her just calm down and not say anything. Cause sometimes she just escalates and gets louder and louder. Um, so I don't know. It's just one of those situations that I feel like sometimes I want to address in a respectful, gentle parenting type of way, but I also don't want to dismiss if she's being disrespectful or just allow those kinds of behaviors. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And wow, what a beautiful examples you already had in there of a mom that just keeps trying different things. You know, partly we can look at situations and go, do I see progress? And am I continuing to hold character qualities in mind? You know, these are our our standards we're working towards. I think a lot of times we have moms that fall into two different camps, and I don't think either one of these is you. But the the mom who has just kind of said, standards are impossible, I give up. And then other moms who are like, the standard is going to happen right now, and I don't care how it affects our relationship, and I don't care, you know, it's, it's like sacrifice everything for this standard to happen right now. And I'll tell you, I was much more that mom for a long time, and that is not ideal. So I hear what you're describing, and I hear a mom who is handling it just right, You're staying aware of the standards while you're maintaining relationship and you aren't giving up on the standard, even though this moment 
doesn't look perfect. Like she's not behaving perfectly, but you are not throwing out the standard because this is hard. You're just continuing to try different ways. You are giving some patience and some love, but that is still the standard we're working towards, you know? So I love how you're handling that. It's just tiring. I just wanted to make sure I'm not being dismissive. Well, I will say some of the things you describe with her, I do think maybe she's a personality that I've had two kids that are very particular. And I'm not talking about general particular. I'm talking about like what you are experiencing where the feel of things. I have determined that these two kids were very high sensory kids. Like all of the senses are heightened with them. They smell things stronger. They hear things louder. They see light brighter. All of the senses are stronger with them. Now that's great for me to identify that and take that into consideration in the way they're behaving. That while I could look at that scenario and go, that is so not a big deal. You are way overreacting. You know, those kind of words aren't really helpful. And I don't hear you using those at all, you know, in in the way that you described things. But at the same time, so they feel things stronger. So what I need to do is not change the environment because they're going to go out into a world where the environment's not going to adjust just because they hear things louder and see things brighter. Instead, I want to equip them to handle that sensory overload or I want to equip them to handle who they are. Mm-hmm. That That's my ultimate goal with all of that stuff. And no matter what the child is, all of them have some unique characteristics that are going to require them to know themselves and to have figured out some effective ways to manage themselves while still thriving and still being a blessing and still tackling obstacles. And so that's kind of the adventure we moms are on is what is the best way to equip this child to handle their environment? And of course, a kindergartner is not going to be as equipped as a second grader, is not going to be as equipped as a fourth grader if we moms are working on it all along the way. Mm-hmm. So it may look rough in kindergarten, but wow. in first grade, it looks a little less rough in those areas, you know? And by second grade, we have seen, wow, I can hardly remember how that used to be because we've overcome it so much now. And some of it they do outgrow perhaps, but a lot of it really is just us teaching them how to live a life where they are dealing with life from a place of reality. I feel really strongly this right now. What's the appropriate way for me to handle it? Yep, exactly. I love that. I love that you mentioned. I've wondered about if she has high a high sensitivity to how did you put that? Well, high sensory, I guess. I mm-hmm. I okay, this could sound a little touchy to listeners with this statement, but sometimes labels can be a little bit unhelpful if they become a crutch so that they don't learn how to manage themselves in the world around them. Then that was not helpful. But if we just use that to help us recognize, okay, we've got some extra work to do in this area for helping equip them to handle themselves in the world around them, then that can be helpful. So there may actually be some clinical terminology for how she's wired. But quite honestly, I believe all of us 
have some unique wiring. Some of it has been given labels and some of it has not, but we all have uniquenesses that we want to try to handle from a place of equipping for life and blessing others and recognizing that there's certain standards for for caring about others and for taking care of ourselves and for thriving in our circumstances, you know, all of those things. Yeah. I loved what you said about not changing the environment, but equipping her to handle it. Specifically when you mentioned uh, smell, what you mentioned totally described her, but I've been curious about sensory sensitivities with her because I've noticed that for several years actually, but specifically my husband sent us flowers and, you know, flowers and they were sitting on our kitchen counter and she was like, Oh, I smell these flowers. I can't handle it. They stink. I can't. And she's, you know, and even just yesterday, the, I mean, the flowers had run their course and we tossed them and I mean, they've been out of the house for at least a week. And she mentioned, I can smell the flowers. I was like, honey, you're not smelling the, we don't have flowers. (laughs) You're not smelling the flowers, but you know, I said, well, what can you do about that? And can you find a different seat? Can you go sit outside? Cause I mean, they're pretty flowers and they're staying here. And I think I put some lavender essential oil on her nose, (laughs) but that was something, you know, I used to do um, when I worked in the hospital, cause there's interesting things you encounter then. And I would put some hand lotion on my hands and usually like touch my nose. So then I could smell that instead. But yeah, I, I totally think she does have some sensory sensitivities there, but not changing the environment and equipping her to deal with them. I love that statement. Well, I can give you some encouragement that at least in my family, the two that are like that are brilliant kids. Like they, they have extra amount of intelligence And, you know, God probably has some pretty cool, amazing things that he has planned for her to do in life for her to bring to the world. And so all of these things that we see as parents, that we have this tendency to to see something as a weakness, it's usually our signal that there is a strength there. And so she probably has some strengths that are all wrapped up inside of those, what on the outside appear to be weaknesses or difficulties to overcome. They're really just, how do we help her thrive? You know, these are some signals of how to help her thrive in life. They're not really something that, oh man, you know, why does she have this kind of thing? Because every single kid has some things. Intentional Moms, let's end today by reviewing what we've talked about. As Intentional Moms, we want to avoid the temptation to be a standard quitter or a standard brute. We want to be a standard bearer. The standard quitter mom says, bringing my child to the standard is too difficult. I've said it too many times. They don't listen. I give up and I quit the standard. The standard brute, on the other hand, says, this standard is going to happen right now, and I don't care if it hurts our relationship or anything else. I'll sacrifice anything for the standard to happen right now. Instead, we want to be a mom who keeps the standard in her focus, but knows this is not a quick fix process. Be a standard bearer who doesn't desert the standard but doesn't destroy everything to make it happen immediately. Growth is gradual. That means your child's character will improve gradually, moving our unique one-of-a-kind child toward what is right. 
Keep reminding them of what is appropriate, reminding them who they were created to become. Don't get comfortable with misbehavior and always hold them accountable, but do it all with a merciful attitude. I would highly encourage you to go back to my podcast series called Dealing with Lying in Your Child. That series takes parents step-by-step through the process of overcoming serious character concerns in our children. It applies to any concern, not just lying, any concern of the heart. Now, I'll put a link to this series in the show notes, or you could listen right now by going to episodes 4 and 12. Special thank you to Tiffany Deschner for being vulnerable and open with our Intentional Mom community so that all of us could be encouraged and better equipped thanks to your example of intentional motherhood. I also want to thank you, Tiffany, for being a faithful member of the Practically Speaking Mom leadership team. Now, my Intentional Mom friends, I get to tell you what we have planned for the podcast next week. I'll be sharing with you what's in my mom box. It's my tools for the busy mom life. Now I'm talking literal tangible tools that will make your life a little easier and make your parenting a little more effective. I mentioned my mom box in episode 70 with Tiffany when she brought up using a timer and I told her, hey, a timer is one of the important tools in my mom box. You want to know what else is in there? Well, I'm going to tell you all about it next week on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast, the place for an intentional mom to build a strong family. Mom friends, it is my honor and joy to walk this journey of motherhood with you each week. I'm wondering, do you know other mamas who may also need to be encouraged and more equipped for the mom life? If so, I would be so thankful if you would share this episode with them or send them to practicallyspeakingmom.com and they can check out my ministry there with my podcast, my blog, my books, and other resources. And while there, they can also subscribe to my Monday email list. It's super simple. It just takes a second. If they scroll to the bottom of any page in my website, they just enter their email address and they're done. They're on the list. Then each week, they will receive my newest podcast and blog post or newsletter to encourage intentional moms to build strong families. Now, they can also join in our Intentional Mom Strong Family community on Facebook and MeWe. Are you there yet? In that community, we share together our ideas, our prayers, as we raise our God-designed masterpiece families. See you next week.